We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Steve Perez, joined as always by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher. Guys, the playoff hype train is real. Who's jumping on board, Dusty? Choo choo, baby. Choo choo. <laughs> Listen, I'm not. I'm not there yet, and I know these things are volatile, and it depends on where you look. But no football outsiders. It was like the Packers made like a thirty percent jump in playoff percentage from like from two weeks ago to now. So I'm not getting my hopes up yet. But but man, like everything's breaking the way it's supposed to, which means at some point, like the Commanders just going to win the next two, and it's not going to matter. But for now, like it's it's kind of exciting to dream on that when like a few weeks ago was like that that seemed like that was never going to happen. So it's it's cool. It's been a fun ride. Yeah, it's good to have a little bit of hope, have something to to cheer for, because it felt like, you know, about midway through the season that it would be, okay, this is it, and there's going to be some meaningless football, and now it's it's feeling a bit more like it matters, and that, um, you know, I'm getting more excited to watch the games now, knowing that, you know, this is it, they have to win out, they need some help, um, so I'm excited to see how things fall, but yeah, why not? Let's, let's I don't know if I'm fully on board, but I'm close. <laughs> Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, I'll be honest, guys. Like, I wasn't full. I'm, I'm, st- I'm more. I'm kind of in between the two of you. I'm not fully on board. It's, it's kind of cool, but 
this is exactly where I am, where on Christmas Day, uh, the Packers were playing Miami. And we're going to get some reactions from you two about the game, but we're not for me because I looked at my phone, didn't even realize the game had started. And it was 20 to 10 for Miami. So I decided not to watch and I took a nap on Christmas. Um, that's kind of where I am. Like, I hope they make it. I don't know how far they'd go if they do, but um, always cheering for them. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm sitting. But Sarah, tell me uh, what happened in Miami. Like, uh, you know, do the fill me in uh, on, on the good and the bad and, you know, maybe some of the ugly. Yeah. So, I mean, most of the game, to be honest, especially, well, we'll talk offense first. So the offense was very up and down um, until the end there when it felt like, they pretty much had to lay it all on the line. And if it didn't work out, hey, the season's over. Um, so I liked that and how they were aggressive towards the end. Defense, I thought, played, you know, with the exception of that 84-yard touchdown from Waddle or whatever it was. I can't. I know it was 80-something yards. Uh, thought they played better and, and looked pretty good. I mean, especially towards the end, three interceptions. Can't ask for anything more than that in the second half. Uh, so that was great to see. But, you know, Tough to see Watson leave the game with an injury. Nixon, um, you know, those are two guys that have been absolute stars that you don't want to see hurt. Um, But we'll see what happens there. But overall, it was good. I mean, (laughs) at the beginning of the game, I sat down and said, all right, Christmas Day, don't disappoint me. Here here we go. And, you know, I was a little, had some mixed feelings about it and said I wasn't going to get too invested. And then by the end, more family members had come over. We're eating dinner or not dinner, we're eating lunch in the afternoon, you know, the game's on in the background, it's supposed to just be on in the background, and my mom had instructed me not to make that the whole event, um, and then, you know, three times, he picked him, he picked him, he picked him, in the middle of the family gathering, but it all worked out, you know, Christmas miracle there for the Packers, and it was nice to see a win, especially um, knowing quite a few Dolphins fans, and I, you know, my uh, friend's or a little angry about it. So it was, that was the cherry on top. But overall, let's let's keep the Packers train rolling. That's like a total mom move of like, okay, you can have it on the background, but it has to be on mute. This yeah. is an important Christmas lunch. Volume was on four, uh, but <laughs> it was invested 100%. Yeah, I mean, Sarah kind of covered most of it. I mean, it was it was an up and down performance for sure, but it was I and for I was not planning on watching it. I was planning on trying not to like pay attention to what was going on, then watch it after the fact. Watch that night after everyone had gone to sleep, uh, which it turns out would have been a bad move since every pipe in my house ended up bursting. Uh, but everything kind of calmed down at that point. We kind of threw the game on. We we're at my parents' house and. We were end up able to watch the whole thing, but yeah, it was up and down. I didn't get my hopes up too high. I think seeing Watson go out suck, but man, I mean, just a quick takeaway. I think Dobbs looked fantastic. Like him being out there, even Watson was out. He was making some snags, man. He had one and kind of like a, a, a deep crossing route, or I guess it was an outbreaker that he kind of extended a little bit. Rogers threw it and he had to go full extension for and was able to keep on his feet and still get yards after the catch. Like he looked just absolutely dynamite. So that, that was one of the big takeaways for me was, I think the Packers limit, I mean, these next two games, and then if they do make the playoffs, I think their offense is still going to be limited without Christian Watson. I think the element that he gives them what he's kind of grown into just this year alone. But seeing Dobbs back out there making plays, like he can still carry this offense for stretches if he needs to. So that was that was, that was nice to see, I think. Dusty, we actually haven't talked since uh, you went up to the game, and I, we all skipped mm-hmm. the podcast last week. So what, fill everybody in. How was the trip up to Lambeau? 
Yeah, dude, it was great. Yeah, I went up to my brothers and a friend of mine, uh, a friend of ours. That's, uh, I mean, basically a brother. I've uh, known him since childhood. So had a great time, you know, stayed up in Sheboygan, got to meet uh, that first night on the on the drive up. We went to, straight to Green Bay, kicked around the stadium, did some stuff. And then I got to meet up. There's a Cheesehead TV meetup. I missed. I showed up a little late, uh, so I missed a couple people. I missed Cass, who I really wanted to meet. But I got to meet for the first time. Uh, I met Becca and Brian, who are big listeners of the podcast, said that we're our fa- – I don't know if they just said it because it was to my face or whatever, but they said <laughs> we we were their favorite team. Probably, and so Becca, probably. Becca and Brian, shout out. Lovely shout human out. beings, man. Uh, great, great huggers. Both of them very good huggers. So got to talk to them for a bit, which was awesome. Also got to meet uh, for the first time, met Sam Holman there. He was hanging out. Joey and Big B from Underage Packers podcast were there, uh, which was awesome. And then I went to the, the Cheesehead house the next day, Corey's house, and got to meet uh, Michelle and Lucas Bruton for the first time. Michelle, I mean, just I love her to death, and we, we I feel like I've known her forever. So getting to meet her, and then her husband is a big Rams fan, so he was there in his Aaron Donald jersey. That was awesome. Got to see, you know, Nagler and Corey. Andy Herman was there playing some weird convoluted card game that felt like a prank on me personally that I was watching and I, I don't know what was happening, which was cool. And then uh, I got to hang out with Tyler Herrick for a bit. So I, I'm sorry if I missed anyone, but yeah, I mean, got to, you know, hang out, meet some amazing people this trip, which was awesome. And the game was fun. You know, we went, it was cold, but not cold, cold, you know, 15 some odd degrees and got to watch that game. This was the first time this ever happened to me. We were in, I think it was section 124 we stood up the entire time. People in front of us stood up the entire time. The only time I ever sat down was during halftime. And the entire section in front of us was standing up the entire time. No one yelled at us to sit down. Our entire section was up and it was amazing. So I had just an absolute blast. You know, tired by the time we got back because then you're you're back and then it's you know, Christmas is right around the corner. But just as always, great trip to Green Bay. Great to see a game in Lambeau. And got uh, just meeting so many amazing people was just, just incredible. So we had an absolute blast, man. Awesome. Sounds like a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's jump in. We've got some news and notes from around the league, from the Packers, had some transactions go down. So uh, just a quick reaction from Sarah, Dusty, J.J. Watt basically announcing his retirement um, at the end of the season. So had his, um, his kid at the game for the first time ever and then put out a tweet saying this is uh, really cool, but this is going to be his last home game ever. So what did you think of that, Sarah? Yeah, I mean – I've always been a J.J. Watt fan. I think he's a great dude and, you know, on and off the field has done some pretty spectacular things. And, you know, now he's a father. He got married a couple of years ago um, or maybe even a year ago. I know it's it's been recent, but, you know, if he feels like it's time, then congratulations to him on just an amazing career and, you know, one that people could dream of. And, you know, we'll talk about it in a second. But on, you know, Pat McAfee today, Roger said, you know, he's a guy that in a few years will already have a gold jacket. And that's exactly right. So, you know, big shout out to him um, and just a spectacular career. I mean, that whole entire family, they're just, you know, basically made for the NFL. So um, it was pretty neat to see. And hopefully he just enjoys the next chapter of being a dad and spending more time with his family. And, you know, that he's always seemed like a very family oriented person. So he probably thought, hey, it's time and I'm just going to enjoy this now. Yeah, always, you know, the injuries not derailed his career, but it's always he's all of these seasons cut short by injuries and all that stuff. But he's still playing at extremely high level. So if he's walking away, you know, it seems like he's doing it for the right reasons. He can still play. It's still just I mean, he wrecked the game, I think, last week or a couple of weeks ago, like when he's out there, still an absolute force. So, yeah, best best of luck 
to everything that comes next to him because he's been just just when he's on the field, just an absolute joy to watch. Like you said, just seems like seems like a good dude. It's it's impossible to think about JJ Watt without thinking about what he did uh, down in Houston during like all the flooding and everything, just del- hand delivering food and water and everything, and raising as much money as he did down in Houston. So it's hard hard to think about him and that like with you know on field exploits aside. I can't think about JJ Watt without thinking of what he did down there. So that's just amazing. Nothing but the best for him. Packers news and notes, guys. We've got Dean Lowry going to the IR with an injury. Uh, so we're looking for some more of that first round draft pick finally going to be hitting for the Packers, I'm assuming. Uh, seeing an uptick for Wyatt in some production for him. Uh, Tippa Nai. Oh, damn it. Dusty, you pronounce it. I screwed it up. I even wrote it down. I even wrote it down phonetically, and I still screwed it up. It's Tipanaliai. Yep, there you go. He was released. Doesn't matter. I'll never have to say it again, so it's fine. It's fine. And then the Packers did end up signing Bo Melton, wide receiver from the practice squad of the Seahawks to the active roster, and the notes on him are small but fast. So... You know, can't be a bad thing, and he can return punts and kicks. So that's a little bit of a backup for for Nixon in case that that injury happens. But um, so yeah, that's kind of what's going around the league for the Packers. Sarah, we had the Pat McAfee show, and apparently it was super long. Correct? So uh, her eyes rolled as soon as I said that. So uh, <laughs> um, why don't you break down kind of any any noteworthy things that happened in the show? Yeah, this week, definitely a longer episode, but actually, you know, I think for pretty good reason, Rodgers was in a very good mood after the win in Miami, had a lot to talk about, um, especially about the rest of the season. So, you know, as soon as he popped up on the screen, very smiley, happy, said the season's been a roller coaster for sure. Lots of important lessons, said that winning cures a lot. You know, it's easy to gloss over some of the little things when you're winning, but since the Packers had... There's some trouble, especially in the first half of the season, that that exposed some areas that he needed to work on that he thinks that they've been able to really improve now uh, towards the end here on this stretch. You know, he mentioned Packers aren't in a perfect position. Perfect position would be more like 2010, he said, if they had two games left at home and they had to just win out and control their own destiny. This year, they obviously need to do that, but they also are going to need a little bit of help. Uh, So he mentioned that they're going to be Browns fans this week since they really need them to win. Um, You know, he he talked about, as he usually does, a few players that stuck, you know, really just kind of stuck out to him and that he appreciates. Lazard was one of those guys this week that he does the dirty work. He's a constant professional, great teammate. Talked about Nixon, of course. I mean, everybody in Packerland is talking about him because he's just absolutely changing the game on special teams. Said he brings competitive, competitive greatness to the team, which is, if you've been following along on Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays, a theme that he's talked about quite often this year and how this has kind of been the year of competitive greatness that even when times are tough, you know, you show up to work every day with the right attitude and you're willing to do whatever it takes to win. So he said Nixon does just that, whether it's putting his body on the line or just going out there and making a big play. And he did mention that it looks like, you know, speaking of competitive greatness, that he's going to put his body on the line and hopefully play on Sunday against the Vikings. So that was great to hear. Um, Speaking of injuries, you know, he said he doesn't want to say too much about David Bakhtiari and jinx anything. And, you know, if he did, then he'd hear it on his golf cart ride to practice every single day this week. Um, But he said that he feels confident that he will at least begin to practice this week and hopefully trend towards playing on Sunday. So we'll see how that goes. 
Um, talked about Big Dog. Obviously saw Big Dog in the end zone this weekend, and then he had a, just a spectacular catch there down the stretch when the Packers needed it the most. Um, you know, he said Big Dog is more than a player for the organization, and it really comes down to his leadership. He mentioned that Matt Lafleur came to him over came to Rogers, you know, earlier in the week last week, and said, you know, what's the message this week? You know, what do we want our message to be with the holidays? It's very easy for there to be distractions, and people can lose focus. And although you know, yes, the holidays are important, this is also an important time of the season for the Packers, particularly. Um, and. Rogers said, look to Big Dog to send the message, and he did. And I guess on Saturday, Big Dog really gave an you know, impassioned speech. And he said, when Big Dog speaks, people listen, and that, that role is just really important for the Packers. And there is nobody who anybody is more excited about uh, scoring a touchdown than Big Dog. Um, you know, obviously, there was a pretty sad news that Tua um, is in concussion protocol again. Um, after the Packers game. And, you know, if you've followed along with the league, you know, this isn't the first time this year and that there's been a lot of issues with that, um, with Tua and around the league as well. So they, AJ Hawk asked Rogers a question about the concussion protocol. He said, how's it changed since you joined the league? And it was very interesting to hear about that. You know, Rogers said when he first joined, it was a series of tests, you know, rather than a protocol. There wasn't really a particular protocol and the baselines were different for each person because it was situational. It was, you know, a different based on each player and what they could tolerate, you know, if they passed sensitivity to light or other things like that, um, then they were pretty much good to go where now there are more concrete steps that a player must pass in order to get cleared to one level and another and then eventually get cleared to play. Um, you know, he said... They asked, you know, what are the options for Tua? What should he be thinking about? And Rodgers was pretty candid. He said, you know, it's time to maybe consider shutting it down for the season or a long-term period of time. He said, I don't know about career, and he doesn't want to speak for him. But he said, the last, obviously, it's the last thing you want to do. Um, but you have to think about it. And he said, you know, surely the Dolphins are going to be center stage with how they handle this, you know, especially with coming down the stretch here. And, you know, he said he likes Tua, wishes him healing and patience as he figures out what to do and hopes he, that he makes the best decision, best decision for him. And I think, you know, all of us agree with that. It's been really tough to see that happen with to Tua this season. Um, talked a little bit about Nathaniel Hackett. Um, as you probably know, listening to this podcast, uh, Nathaniel Hackett was fired as the Broncos head coach after less than a season um, the other day. Um, they, you know, Pat McAfee asked right away, do you think that he should come to Green Bay? Is that an option? Are they, are you going to make it happen? Have you had any conversations? And, uh, Rogers was pretty quick to shut it down, at least for now. You know, he said humans are involved in this and it's wrong to speculate if he's going to come back to Green Bay right now at this time, you know, his family is affected by it. He has a wonderful family. And, you know, this is obviously emotional because, this was a big step in his career. It didn't work out. It was a really tough situation with new ownership in, De- in Denver. Um, so it seems like Rogers just kind of shut it down for now, but who knows, you know, what could happen in the future there. Um, and then, you know, we already talked about it a little bit, but to kind of close towards the end, uh, they talked about JJ Watt and his retirement announcement, you know, a lot of love for him from Aaron Rodgers. Like I said, Rogers said, you know, he's a guy that'll be in a gold jacket in about five years. So, you know, not much higher praise you can give than that. And then uh, lastly, the book club for the Aaron, the book for the Aaron Rodgers book club this week was the wind, the wisdom of insecurity by Alan Watts. And the subtitle is a message from the age of anxiety. So um, it's Alan Watts is a philosopher. So if you're interested in that, might want to check it out. So 
that's the recap of Bagafi this week. All right, guys, big game coming up on Sunday, 325 CBS, Packers, Vikings, everything on the line. It's exactly what you want for a game. So um, we've got Nance, Romo, Tracy Wilson on the call, which will be pretty cool. I always love that, that uh, getting the A-team for the, for the game. And then let's just kind of jump right in. That's the one thing you guys are looking for on offense versus the Vikings defense. Um, and Dusty, we'll start with you this week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I kind of teased a little earlier. Uh, to me, it's I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into this. To me, it's just what's the health of Christian Watson? Can they attack vertically? I mean, the, the, as much as happened in week one, which feels like a lifetime ago at this point, that Christian Watson drop looms very, very large. And I mean, one of the reasons for that is you're playing against this defense, which is, you know, Ed Donatel, and we as Packers fans have very specific memories of Ed Donatel, but he comes from the Fangio tree, which is basically I'm keeping too high. I'm keeping too high, which means you got to be very good underneath. And those uh, those explosive plays might not come that easily. Now, the Vikings do give them up this year, but you kind of have to hunt for them. You're not going to be getting a whole lot of them. You pick your moments and, and then you take what you can get. And the Packers, like I said, I think they're gonna, they have a real hard time getting those explosive plays without Watson on the field. Dobbs is good. We'll see if Melton. Um, you talked about Melton earlier. It, I mean, we talked about fast. Four three four forty hit nine point two three Raz. Like if he if he gets out there just as like a big play speed guy, they need something to open this offense up because for as good as Dobbs is and for the things Torrey has shown, this offense tend to get tends to get compressed this year when when Watson is not out there. So I think they're going to have to you know be effective with the run game and they're going to have to be fine in the intermediate intermediate passing game, which Rodgers has been very good at since his thumb healed a couple weeks ago. That kind of ten to nineteen area he's been absolutely lethal in but they're going to have to hit some big shots. They're going to have to hit two to three big shots, I think, to, to win this game. And they have a really hard time doing that without Christian Watson. So with everything else, I mean, you can look at this, you can talk about this a thousand different ways, but to me, that's kind of what it comes down to. If Watson can play and then get those big plays out of him, I think they win this. And if Watson's not out there and if they can't manufacture any other way, it's going to be really, really hard on a, on a drive-by-drive basis to really get anything moving. Yeah, Great point there, Dusty, and I absolutely agree. Um, and what I'm looking for is kind of similar, but not exactly the same. So the offense has to shine this week. The Vikings defense is clearly their weakest link. Um, you know, they're second to last in the NFL, only ahead of the Detroit Lions. Um, so they're particularly bad in the air, too. 
know, they have a league high of an average 281 and a half passing yards per game. So I'm really just looking for how Rodgers is going to attack the second secondary this week. Um, and, you know, kind of building on what you said, Dusty, if Watson plays, that's a huge part of that. Um, or if they're able to mimic that in some way, I'd love to see Dobbs continue to get involved like he did this past week. But if they want to beat the Vikings, I know we're supposed to talk about offense versus defense, but yeah, the defense has to show up and perform like they did in Miami. And then the offense has to take advantage of the weak links um, in the secondary on the Vikings team. And that's really at the end of the day, I think going to come down to Aaron Rodgers. He's going to have to be smart with this decision-making. He's going to have to see the play, the guys that are open every single play, see it, you know, even in Miami, I know the Packers got the win, but there were times where, he would scramble around in the pocket. He would throw it away, and then they replay. And you're like, "Oh, Lazard is wide open over the middle," or "Oh, somebody's wide open." So just being smart, get you know, move the chains. You don't have to get a forty yard pickup when it's third and three. You know, just get the three yards, keep it moving, um, and then attack the secondary when you can. Yeah, I think we're all kind of similar in what we're looking for, but I think the biggest thing on a deep level is these field goals on short fields, they're not going to work all season long, especially if you're, if you're consider yourself a playoff team, if you expect to be, to advance the playoffs, you have to take advantage of those short fields and just realize that, that, that those three points aren't going to do it. Like from everything I could tell from this game, like I watched the highlights, you know, getting the, the 93 yard kickoff and um, the interceptions and not, and not converting those into touchdowns. That's a huge thing. So I'm, what I want to watch for is, if they do get those short fields, can they convert them into touchdowns as opposed to just settling for three and keeping the game way closer than it needs to be? Because, you know, Justin Jefferson on the other side, he's kind of good. And if the Packers do the same thing that they did in week one and be like, we're going to play zone and let everybody cover Justin Jefferson, that can be a problem because he went off in week one. So I'm hoping that that changes as well. But the Packers are just going to have to score a lot of points, I think, this week. Um, and field goals aren't going to cut it. So I'm looking for the Packers to try to convert some of those shorter fields into actual touchdowns. Guys, we got some questions this week. Um, not as many as always, but uh, we always appreciate people sending them in. So we'll start with first one, Brian Hartstead. This upcoming week has the Packers facing a Vikings team that has had a lot of one-score wins. What do the Packers have to do to avoid this happening to them? Food question, what's your favorite New Year's drink? So, Sarah, we'll start with you. Yeah, what do the Packers have to do to avoid this happening to them? Um, Their defense needs to show the heck up like they did against the Dolphins in the second half. Um, You know, I just mentioned it in my last answer that at the end of the day, it comes down to them and what they're able to do. And, you know, we have to, as hard as it can be, trust Joe Barry's defense that they can, you know, at least keep the Vikings off the field for as long as possible, give Rodgers and the offense a chance to put some points on the board and then hold. Um, You know, Steve, you just talked about it. Justin Jefferson, pretty good at football. Um, And they have to be able to contain him. You know, I, I really truly think too that this is a game where the Packers can't let it slip away early and then have to battle their way back. They're going to have to keep it close the entire time and then hopefully take advantage of the opportunities that come in the second half and pull away from there. But this will be a, you know, the Vikings are 
pretty battle tested. So if they have a lead, they feel good about it. You know, they're still in contention for the number one seed. They're going to be fighting till the end and they're going to want to absolutely be the ones to end the Packers season in Lambeau um, and get one step closer to securing that number one seed. And then food question, favorite New Year's drink. I don't really know um, because I, as everyone knows, I'm not the biggest drinker um, in the world, but I'll just say sangria because that's my favorite thing to drink. Yeah, I mean the answer is pretty simple. You you beat them by more than one score. I mean, next next question, <laughs> right? There we go. The end. I mean, really, and I think one of the big things for the first week, I mean, besides Justin Jefferson, them them saying we're just gonna let Justin Jefferson get open all the time, which that was that was bad. They probably shouldn't have done that. Um, is Kirk Cousins had zero turnover worthy plays in that game, zero. And we know Kirk is going to Kirk. Uh, we uh, you just have to take advantage of that. And he did not in week one. And the pass rush did not really do a whole lot. Now, obviously, they're down with Sean Gary, but that interior pass rush starting to heat up a little bit. Kenny Clark, Jerron Reed's coming on. Devontae Wyatt when he's out there, and like we said earlier, he's likely going to get some more run this game as well. They get that pressure up the middle, force Kirk into doing some dumb, dumb, dumb Kirk things, and then you got to capitalize on that, which is something that the Packers have been doing in, in past weeks, not just the Dolphins game. Uh, so I think that. That's, to me, that's that's one of the big keys here is co- cover Justin Jefferson and just, if not consistent, at least like every now and then, once a drive, twice a drive, interior pass rush enough to make Kirk move his feet and make and just force him into some dumb decisions because they're, they're, they're kind of ball hawking on the back end there. So I think that's what it's going to take for them to, to kind of to, to win this and get over that kind of one score hump. And at some point, I'll say this just a curse. I think the, the, the Vikings... That just broke the record, I think, for most one-score wins in a, in a season. Was it 11? It 10 or 11 one-score victories, which is the most in NFL history. At some point, the luck runs out. Because a lot of that one-score stuff, it's, it's – I mean, some of that is, you know, they, they came back, they had the big comeback and all of that stuff. But most of the times, those one-score victories, one one way or another – there's an element of luck. There's a bounce of the ball that goes your way or it doesn't to win that many in a season. At some point that turns. So at some point that runs out, not to say that like, you know, there's not something else special, blah, 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 whatever. But at some point that's going to run out. But I think, I think forcing Kirk into doing dumb stuff is kind of key. Um, and uh, food favorite new year's drink. I don't know, man, like just, just probably some kind of beer. Everyone's asleep. Everyone's asleep. And so it's just, I usually have some kind of like leftover Christmas ale, from the Christmas season. So I just will drink one of those while not watching the ball drop, but watching something else instead. Yeah. I mean, I'll kind of piggyback on that. I think it's winning the turnover battle. I think you take care of the ball, you stay, have the offense have longer drives on the field. And if you can take one or two possessions away from the Vikings and score off of those, I think that's huge. I think that's enough to get the victory in Lambeau when it's cold. Kirk cousins with some brick hands is a good thing. So I would say that. Um, And then favorite New Year's drink. Man, when I was a kid, we used to go down to our friend's house in Chicago every year. Like we'd either go down to their house or rent a place in Galena. And um, we would always get a quarter barrel of Sprecher root beer. And Sprecher from a quarter barrel is phenomenal. So I always have like memories of that from New Year's. And so, yeah, I can, I highly recommend it. I'm sure you can still get it somewhere. So uh, that one's always pretty cool. I I don't understand this question, but Dusty says that he does. So Sean Franken, we haven't seen him in a while. Apparently he's taking a break, but uh, from Twitter, but he wrote, will Snoop Dogg induct Keyshawn Nixon into the Packers hall of fame? 
And I was a little not understanding that question. Like, was there, was this like a weed reference that I don't know about? Or <laughs> First of all, welcome back, Sean. Uh, we still have not had your peanut butter pickle sandwiches uh, and likely, likely <laughs> and never, never will. will. <laughs> never will uh, if we haven't already, but thank you, Sean. Uh, yeah. Keyshawn Nixon is Snoop Dogg's nephew. Oh, he's from, he, he went to college in South Carolina, but he's from, he's from California. So yeah, he is, he is, uh, he is Snoop's nephew. And so, yes, yes. Snoop will absolutely, uh, induct him to the Packers Hall of Fame. That'd be pretty cool. I could, I could get on board with that. Um, okay. Next question. Jacob Lewick, uh, can Bo Melton return kicks and will we see him go if Nixon's hurt? Also the best food you ate for the holidays. Um, Sarah, do you know anything about us about, about Bona Melton or do you want to, should we just let Dusty go? I mean, Dusty can go from what I know. He is just insanely fast. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, yeah, he, he should be able to return <laughs> kicks if he's as speedy and quick as everybody says he is. Um, and then best food I ate for the holidays. Um, my brother's girlfriend made these homemade pigs in a blanket and used like these croissant, um, this like croissant, I don't know, bake to, to put it together and, uh, sprinkled everything bagel seasoning on them with like garlic butter. It was the best pig in the blanket I've ever had in my entire life. And it was supposed to be the appetizer and I ate so many of them. And by the time it was time for dinner, I was full, but, um, it was delicious. So that would definitely be number one for me this holiday season. (laughs) Yeah, I'll go. Melton, Melton Ken, at least in college, he did. Um, he returned for his junior and senior year. Or I guess, I don't know. He had, he's got two senior years listed on Rutgers. I don't know, probably redshirt, I guess. Uh, yeah. He Maybe had a COVID, uh, year, a COVID year? Potentially, yeah. Probably COVID year, I guess. Yeah. He had a combination. They had 11 returns between those, those last two years for 285 yards, which is 25.9 uh, yards per return. So he was not the primary returner in college, but when he did, he did. He did quite well. So I'd say, yeah, in a pinch, like you said, Nixon. It looks like he's healthy. Which I mean, that dude's just just absolutely electric with the ball in his hand. So I hope he's healthy. But yeah, if he can't, I'm guessing guessing Melton's the guy because it was Dobbs this past week, um, and you don't really want to see him out there all the time doing that. Given you know, kind of trying to ease him back in from injury a little bit. Best food we have for the holidays. Like there's a couple. So we were in Green Bay. I went to a place called Parker John's in Sheboygan uh, that we got like this this uh, mac and cheese bake. I got like Andouille sausage. It's basically mac and cheese and they bake it with more cheese on top. It's like the most Wisconsin thing in the entire world. Absolutely incredible. So I'll go that. And then for dessert, my brother made uh, homemade uh, peanut butter cups uh, and I ate entirely too many of uh, at Christmas. So those are my two foods. Okay. Yeah. I don't know too much about Bo uh, Melton, but I think we've covered that now. So best food that I ate. Actually, the kid, we asked the kids what they wanted for Christmas dinner, and they said steak and crab legs. So uh, we we did uh, we did steak and crab legs, and it was freaking delicious. Um, now, to be fair, I bought uh, me and my ex. We we did a family together, so it was very nice. But we I ended up buying the steaks myself and went with some filet mignons, and they were like the butcher was like geeked out. Like he is basically the way we talk about the Packers is how he was talking about these steaks. Like he was like, dude, whoever's going to eat this is going to be so excited. It's going to be so good. He's like, look, when I push it in, it just bounces right back. Like it's that good. And I'm like, all right, man, can you just wrap those up for me before you just stop poking them with your fingers? Like, uh, but Oh my God, they were, they were really, really good. Like didn't even need anything on top of it at all. And then, you know, some good crab legs and um, green bean casserole, 
overall just really really good christmas dinner so that was the best thing that i ate next question we got ray dempster should the packers bring in nathaniel hackett as senior gold zone advisor and why and he used a gold uh, the gold gift from um gold member so well done to you ray dusty let's start with you what do you think should they bring him back if he wants to come around yeah, I mean, I'm all on board, man. I mean, I talked about it earlier. I mean, some of the Packers' issues they had early in the season, some of that's breaking in young guys, and some of it's just the details were not where the details had been over the past few years. Uh, you know, and, and some of that stuff's been cleaned up, you know, taking a wrong release at the line or running into each other or anything like that. They've cleaned up a lot of that, but there's still some, like, attention to detail that just isn't quite there. So senior gold zone advisor or bring him back as, like, offensive advisor – Whatever. I mean, I think there are some guys I know like Hackett's kind of, you know, the the punching bag right now, which I totally get, man. Like he did a terrible job in Denver. Some guys I fully believe are just meant to be uh, just meant to be coordinators, just meant to be on one side of the ball, taking care of that because the head coaching job. I mean, that's less about a lot of that stuff is less about football and more about like managing the organization more or less. And some guys just are not cut out for that. Some guys just want to be football guys and do the football stuff and they're good at that and you're not good at the other stuff. So I think Hackett, uh, you know, for for all the flaws that he that he showed in Denver, I, I think still a very good uh, and a very, very well liked, but a good offensive guy. And so if they would like to bring him back as an advisor at some point this year, and then who knows what happens down the line, I'd be all in favor of that. I, I like bringing guys from outside the organization because you get kind of a, a – a new view on some stuff, some outside ideas, but, but for this year, if you're still trying to make that playoff run, bring Hackett back. If he wants to come back in whatever role you want to bring him back in. Uh, Cause I think the, the team is better. I think with Hackett in the building. Yeah. I mean, if it's something that he's open to doing, I, I think the Packers should absolutely consider it. Um, you know, it's something I didn't mention, but on Pat McAfee uh, on Tuesday, Rogers talked about, you know, when there's guys like Lazard and big dog and Nixon, those are the guys that, you know, when you're feeling a little bit down and you're in the locker room and maybe it's a tough point in the season that you look around and say, if they're on our team, if they're on our side, I feel good. And I think Hackett is also one of those guys for Rodgers, but from a coaching perspective. They obviously have a great friendship, great relationship, and, you know, they, they need, you know, if they need, they do need to go on a run here at the end in order to make the playoffs. And obviously, if they get to that point, they want to win and, you know, they don't want an early exit. Um, and if, you know, having Hackett back in the building brings a little more confidence to Rodgers, Aaron Jones, some of the other guys that are familiar with him and what he does on that side of the ball and allows Matt LaFleur to focus on some other things and more, like you mentioned, Dusty, management of the team, of personnel, then I think that's a win for everybody involved. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, if in a perfect world, if everyone was open to it, I think it would be great. Final question, guys, and I swear this is not my burner account. I promise you it's not, but it sounds eerily like me. Uh, from David Mitchell, does anybody on the Pack-A-Day podcast actually think the Packers can win a playoff game? I'll be rooting for them, but they were horrible in the red zone and have been all year. Their defense was great in the second half, but has been so inconsistent all year. I don't see winning two. Dusty, what do you think? Like, first of all, I don't care. Like, if they win a, if they can win a playoff game, like I hope they make the playoffs, and I hope they can win a game. Like I, I think that'd be awesome. I think it'd be a lot of fun. At this point, I don't think anything. I think thinking they're going to be in the playoffs at all would be cool and fun, but I don't necessarily think they're going to get there. If they can win a playoff game, listen, dude. Like we've seen enough stuff as as Packers fans, as football fans, to know that you get the playoffs. 
anything can happen. I mean, we, and we talked about this before. Yes, they're a little inconsistent. They still are showing some of those inconsistencies. Let's say Hackett, who again, very good gold zone stuff, which the, the whole gold zone, red zone stuff, those numbers fluctuate so wildly year to year, game to game, that a team that is very good in the red zone one year is terrible the next year. You can still have games that are good. So, so let's say you bring Hackett back and let's say Dobbs is healthy and Watson's healthy and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are 100% healthy and, you know, Tunyon is, is who's been flashing a little bit here and there is back to his old self and all of that. Like if they make the playoffs, I believe they've got the talent to beat anybody. Now, there's still those inconsistencies, and I don't think those are going away, but some of the major moments have been cleaned up a little bit, and they've got speed and explosiveness on offense with Watson on the field and Dobbs and maybe Melton and Toure that they have not had in previous years. So they can absolutely go out and surprise people because the NFC sucks. Like, there's very few good teams in the NFC. So I don't think they're going to win a game. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, quite honestly. But if they make the playoffs... I'm not really betting against them because we've seen enough to see that anything can happen. Can they win one game? Sure. Can they win three? Why not? They can win the whole thing. I At this point, I'm just, I'm along for the ride at this point. Yeah, I don't really think they're going to win a playoff game. I, I think it would be, I mean, is there a chance that they make the playoffs? Sure. But I don't really see the Packers going past the first round. And I don't want to be, you know, negative Nancy here, but that's just how I feel. Um, also, a little part of me is hoping that this is a reverse psychology thing. You know, a few years ago, I said, there's no way that the Packers can re-sign Aaron Jones. No way that they can keep him. And guess what happened? They did. So maybe if I just continue to follow that pattern, the Packers will follow through. And who knows? Maybe they'll win the whole thing. Not really, because they're not very good. But hey, if it happens, it happens. We've all seen the Packers do crazy things like getting to the Super Bowl when nobody thought they could. I mean, yeah, it sounds ridiculous. And I didn't think they were even remotely good when they were sitting at four and eight. And like we were like the season was done. I wanted them to go for a top 10 pick. And then all of a sudden this happens. So, yeah, I mean, it's the NFL. If you get hot at the right time, you can go on a run. And that's what we're seeing right now. The Packers almost like 90% have to, you know, control of their own destiny. And, you know, if all of a sudden they're the seven seed and they go up against the Minnesota Vikings who are, have had a very good, but lucky, which we will all admit a good, but lucky year. What if the ball doesn't bounce their way this game? And that could happen. That could happen. We've seen crazy things happen in the playoffs. So yeah, kind of like what both of you guys have echoed. Like if they get in the playoffs, I don't know. I mean, I'll be I'll be watching for sure, but I can't guarantee one way or the other what's going down. So um, I think it'll be fun, and I would love to see them in the playoffs at this point because they aren't they did they did not embrace the tank like I wanted them to. So yeah, let's go for it. Let's see what we can do. Let's see what the Packers can do, and let's have some fun with it. So that's the way I kind of feel about it. Well, here's what I'll say real quick. Looking at looking at if the season were to end today, these are the top seven teams. Now you can slot the Packers into the seventh spot if you want. Eagles are one. Vikings in the two seed, Niners three, Bucks four, Cowboys five, Giants six. Right now the Commanders are at seven. Let's slot the let's slot the 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 Packers in at seven. So let's say like listen, they they took the Eagles to the wire. They beat the Cowboys. We'll see what happens this week. But I think they can beat the Vikings. The Niners look like they're just an absolutely on fire team. The Bucks are likely terrible. 
The Giants are not very good now. And the Packers lost to them earlier and they weren't, I don't think they're very good then, but they look worse now. Like that's not a murderer's row in the NFC. So if they do make that, there's not a lot of whole teams there that like just absolutely put the fear of God into you. So sorry to cut in. I just wanted to kind of run down the teams that are currently in the playoffs. with you. No, it totally makes sense. I mean, the 49ers are due for another quarterback injury pretty soon here. So, I mean. McCaffrey, quarterback, man. They're putting CMC in at quarterback at that point. (laughs) <laughs> probably would work and they'd still do fine. I don't know what uh-huh. they have over what kind of black magic that uh, Kyle Shanahan's running, but man, he just pulls quarterbacks out of his butt guys. That's going to do it. Let's uh, let's wrap this thing up with some final thoughts. Sarah, what do you got? Yeah, not much, but just wanted to say thanks to, you know, this will be our last podcast of 2022, which is hard to believe. Um, you know, in, in January coming up in a few weeks, it'll be our four year anniversary, which is absolutely crazy to think about um so just want to say thank you to all you listening not just for listening to our show but for listening you know every single day um or multiple days a week however often you listen to pack a day podcast it's been another great year and we're really just lucky that we get to do this and you know i feel just so happy every week when i get to jump on and talk to steve and dusty about football and packers and just life and you know that wouldn't be possible if we didn't have your support and you didn't show up every week and ask super fun and sometimes crazy questions, but we love that. And so just thank you all. Thank you, Stephen Dusty, another great year down and, you know, hopefully an even better year in 2023. Um, you know, this one wasn't, wasn't the greatest, you know, but there were some ups and downs of the Packers, but we had a good time along the way and, you know, looking forward to whatever year four has in store. I'm sure we'll find some crazy ways to yell at each other and start ridiculous arguments um, in the year ahead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely echo all of that, um, except for the part where I'm happy to be talking to Steve, I guess. That, <laughs> well, I feel like we'd been too nice. I had to, Sarah talked to us starting fights. We feel like we needed a good fight. Uh, yeah, no, echo everything Sarah said. The fact that people actually listen to us is is one thing. Thank you all for that. But the fact that we get a chance to talk to each other week in, week out, that I get to talk to you guys is just, just an absolute joy and delight, whether that's about football or anything non-football related, which is always, you know, before and after the show. So just uh, very, very lucky to be doing this with you guys and can't wait to see what 2023 brings both on a football front and and personal front uh because it's been <laughs> since there not the smoothest year on either front uh for me uh but yeah man let's uh looking looking forward to what comes next um and then for me for this week you know i got my writing uh that i'm, I'm trying to i guess get get done tonight so we'll see how that ends up going uh today over on cheesehead tv should be putting up a piece about a slant RPO the Packers ran this past week. So kind of run down a play that preceded it, that likely informed what they did, and then talk about RPOs as a whole and break down that play. So really, really fun play. It was early. It's the most words I may have ever written about an 11-yard gain, I think. So, you know, get excited about that. And then uh, over a Packer report today, hopefully as well, just kind of getting into a core concept, which is Dragon, which is their slant flat concept. So kind of trying to dig in deep to that a little bit and make that – Somewhat interesting uh, because I'm, I'm scrambling trying to get anything done this week. So uh, that should be up in Packer Report. And then I had a request, I don't know if this is going to happen or not, to look at Darnell Savage. Savage played, uh, I think, 30, 32 snaps this past week. And I thought looked pretty good doing it, a lot of it, the free safety spot. Uh, so someone said, hey, how did he look? And so I've kind of got a cut up of that. I'm looking to go through hopefully tomorrow or the next day. So hopefully late in the week, maybe I'll have something about maybe how Savage looked, what did he do. You know, we're all hoping that that maybe he can turn this around since they're locked into him for next year. So uh, so we'll see. So maybe that'll be late in the week, um, but interested to, to dive into that. But yeah, that's uh, that's me and my week. 
Awesome. Um, yeah, just kind of echo what you guys are saying. Happy holidays since this is our last episode of the year for this team. So yeah, I hope you guys have a, a had a great, you know, Christmas, whatever you celebrate Hanukkah, um, and safe and happy new years. It'll be really, really, um, uh, I think we're all ready to ring in the new year. So bring in, uh, bring in on 2023, see what we can do. Hopefully the Packers are still winning, but, um, Outside of that, I will end this this podcast with a, a fun parenting advice story for all of you that happened to me on Christmas. I tweeted about it a little bit, but um, if you are not prepared to be sprayed in the face with fart spray, do not buy it for your seven-year-old daughter. <laughs> that is what happened to me. I, my, my daughter really loves pranks and all that kind of stuff, so I was at the dollar store, had a whole bunch of like prank sections, so it's got like the hand buzzer, like the pull a stick of gum and it shoots water at you. And there was a fart spray. So I was like, that's funny. She'll spray it around and it smells like a fart. Well, she thought it was hilarious. And I was helping my son put a toy together. And I looked up, there was a can right in my face and I got (laughs) shot right in the face in my nose. Uh, So I was like gagging. I had to go, I said, when wash my face multiple times with soap and water Came back out and my ex looks at me. She goes, "You still smell like a fart." And I was like, "Awesome! This is great." So I had to actually go shower to get rid of the stink, <laughs> <laughs> change my clothes, oh, and great. yeah. So it was a whole thing. So if you're not prepared to be sprayed in the face with fart spray, don't buy it for your kids. That is my unsolicited parenting advice for everybody listening. So there you go. Bring on 2023. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for listening as always you can follow us on twitter at uh, dusty evely at sarah kelleher at uh steve perhatch oh sarah kelleher four sorry uh at steve perhatch at packet a podcast thank you guys for listening it's been a great year we will talk to you in january of 2023 um be safe and as always go pack go Know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.